Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So there is this observance in the Christian calendar called Christ the King Sunday, or sometimes called Reign of Christ Sunday, and I hardly ever talk about it. Today is that day, the day the Christian calendar marks as Christ the King Sunday, but today I want to talk about it. (laughs) Using the title King for Christ or for God doesn't mean much to me. For a number of years, I rejected calling God Lord because the title Lord suggested a kind of hierarchy that was very problematic for me. For me, King is like Lord times ten. At least Lord has some familiarity and some meaningful associations, like the Lord's Prayer. But King has all the hierarchy and none of the meaning, as I have generally seen it. I now feel differently about calling God Lord, but that would be a different sermon. I don't think I'm alone in being left cold by calling Christ King. Especially here, and I don't mean here in Davis, I mean here in the United States. We are Americans. Our country was founded on rebellion against a king. We live in a democracy, not a monarchy. We elect our leaders. And the idea that someone could be born to be a king, could gain the right or ability to rule simply by being born into the right family, is appalling to us. We don't relate to kings. And in the 21st century, this perspective is not limited to Americans. I was fascinated this year to learn the history of Christ the King Sunday. Do you know when that observance was added into the Christian calendar? 1925. As recently as that. We look at our Christian calendar, and in general, we cycle through observances that are hundreds of years old. Some observances, like Pentecost, are even thousands of years old if they carry on Jewish observances that predated the Christian version. Advent and Christmas, Lent and Easter, All Saints Day, these observances are all hundreds of years old. But Christ the King? 88 years old. The Feast of Christ the King was instituted in 1925 by Pope Pius XI in response to the increase in nationalism he perceived around him, particularly nationalism associated with dictatorships in Europe. In response to political nationalism, Pope Pius wanted Christians, or in his case, particularly Roman Catholics, to remember that Christ is sovereign above any political ruler or worldly power. So really, we should observe Christ the King Sunday right next to the 4th of July, a reminder to keep nationalism in check and give faith a higher priority. I like the idea of remembering to give God a higher priority than nation and a reminder to keep political nationalism in check and prioritize faithfulness. But I am not convinced that celebrating Christ as king accomplishes this. Even worse, I do not think that celebrating Christ as king is even faithful to the biblical testimony to Christ's nature. 
And of course, it is even more questionable as to whether celebrating Christ as king is faithful to any contemporary progressive Christian theology. As I mentioned in introducing the service, Christ as king is celebrated in hymns and worship traditions in ways that carry all the triumphalism and loftiness of any worldly or political power. As a result, I normally can't bring myself to even use those hymns as much as I love so many of the tunes, but today at least we have a chance to actually be explicit about looking at the language and playing with the ideas. Then at other times, Christ as king is sometimes celebrated in ways that show that Christ was a very different kind of king from the worldly kings of nations our world has seen. But how does any of this relate to how the Bible talks about Jesus' kingship? Our scripture reading from this morning is from Luke's version of Jesus' crucifixion. The soldiers mock him for being a failure of a king. The inscription on his cross mocks him for being a failure of a king. One of the two criminals being crucified with him mocks him as well. So if today's reading uses the title of king for Jesus in ways that don't support the image of a triumphant ruler, does that image of triumphant ruler come from someplace else in the Bible? It's tough to make a case for that. Matthew's version of the story of Jesus' birth talks of a king. The scripture says that the magi, who we also call the wise men, were looking for, quote, the child who has been born king of the Jews. They knew there were prophecies about a coming Messiah or king. They had somehow heard that this child was being born at that time, and they went in search. It turns out that much of the language in the Gospels that refers to Jesus as king is really about the ancient prophecies that anticipated a coming Messiah and who that Messiah would be and what that Messiah would be like. And even in this source of kingly language, we see the image of a powerful or victorious king undermined. Matthew's gospel conflates passages from the prophecies from Isaiah and Zechariah and says, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Do you hear that? This king is described as humble, not a very kingly quality. And a young donkey would be a common utilitarian animal, not the impressive steed fit for a king. That passage about your king coming to you humble on a donkey is used in the story we remember on Palm Sunday, which is what Zora was talking about, about our scripture reading for this morning. It seems like the wrong time of year. We usually hear this on Palm Sunday when we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That entry into Jerusalem and the excitement of the crowds and that dramatic image of the way being paved with branches on the ground, all of that is the one really strong portrayal we have of Jesus as triumphant or even successful. And yet, those events happen when Jesus' death is imminent. Whatever triumph Jesus experienced in worldly ways was overshadowed by his impending death. So, we have suggestions in the Gospels that Jesus is the Messiah who was anticipated in much older prophecies, 
and some of these prophecies use images of Messiah as king. But even there, they prophesy a different kind of king, a humble king. We have Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as we remember it on Palm Sunday, this moment in his earthly life when it seems like he is popular and successful until we know he is about to be arrested and killed. And we also have some end times language about Jesus as king. Another familiar passage from Matthew's gospel is the one where Jesus says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. In this passage, Jesus is talking about when the Son of Man, is the language used, when the Son of Man comes into his glory and sits on a throne. The passage says, the king will say to them, and that's when it goes on to say, I was hungry and you fed me. So here we have one image of Jesus as king, which takes place in that undetermined time when God's vision becomes reality. And even here, the images that Jesus is lifting, are lifting up to his followers are images of humble service and inclusive welcome. In terms of the Gospels, that's all we've got. We've got the ancient prophecies about the Messiah. We've got a kingly image of God's eternal realm, reinforcing the call to serve and to welcome the ones called the least of these. We have Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, that brief moment of apparent victory, which is overshadowed by his impending death. And then the crucifixion itself, where the most abundant use of the label king is found, but used in ways that are entirely mocking. In the Gospels, that's all we've got. After that, what we have is language from Jesus' followers. Some of the language talks about Jesus' humility and service, side by side with talk of his kingship or loftiness, as we find in some of Paul's letters. And some seems to express wishful thinking on the part of followers who continue to want Jesus to be more of a king. The book of Acts describes Jesus' followers as saying, there is another king other than the emperor. The first letter of Timothy refers to Jesus Christ as king. And then there's a bunch of language from the book of Revelation, But since the book of Revelation is so weird and so bound by its context, I can leave that aside in good conscience. (laughs) So if Jesus Christ is not really portrayed as victorious ruler in scripture, how is Jesus portrayed? We know the answer to that question. Over and over again, the Bible shows that Jesus is a humble servant. Over and over again, the Bible portrays Jesus as a teacher, not a ruler. Jesus embraced outcasts, and in the eyes of many was an outcast himself. Jesus Jesus explicitly rejected the idea of a king's rule. That's one of the possibilities Satan tried to tempt him with during those 40 days in the wilderness. The devil took him to a very high mountain, we are told, and showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor and said to Jesus, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, absolutely not. Instead, Jesus got down on his hands and feet to wash the 
feet of those who followed him. A king washing feet? That juxtaposition is ridiculous. And when it came to the end of his earthly life, Jesus was seen as weak and a failure. This is the Jesus who is familiar to us, the one who served, the one who got down on his hands and knees. But over and over again, we try to make him a king, and a king by the usual earthly understanding of sovereignty. Paul's writings elevate Jesus, even though they also acknowledge his humility. Pope Pius XI elevated Jesus, emphasizing him as Christ the King, and created a Christian observance to do just that. And as we can experience today, our hymn writers lift up language of Jesus' kingship and sovereignty in ways that mostly reinforce, rather than challenge, the worldly images of political power or dominance that go along with the role of king. But if we have really learned about Jesus' nature and the life he lived, then it doesn't work to set him up as that kind of king. It's not right. I believe in the Jesus Christ the Bible shows us. I believe in Jesus Christ because I believe this is how God works through service and humility, through inclusion and justice. I believe in this Christ because it fits my best understanding of God's work in the world, and not because I need to be on the king's winning team. So while some voices in the Christian tradition want to make Jesus Christ a king, we do something else here, here today. We remember the stories of Jesus' earthly life. We embrace the model of service and humility. And we do hope that model reigns in our lives, reigns as an alternative to the reign of political power or military might. To think of Christ as king is one of the paradoxes of our faith. In calling Christ king, we affirm his power, but the power of Jesus Christ is the power of tender mercy of forgiveness, of ministry to the poor and outcast. It is the power to transform lives, not through coercion or force, but through humility and service and extreme love, a love that cost him his life. If Christ is any kind of king, Christ is a king who moved among us, gave his whole self in service, and then died the humble death of a common criminal. This is our model for how God operates. So God could choose any way of touching and transforming this world and the lives of the creatures in it. And instead of sitting on a throne, instead of waving a majestic arm or issuing commands, God instead joins us here in the full pain and hardship of human life. And so the Christian year comes full circle. We sing the praises of Christ the King and remember Christ's humble service and shameful death. And we do all this today right as we are on the verge of preparing to greet Christ as a vulnerable little baby as we enter a week from now into the season of Advent. Thanks be to this humble King, to this God who served and serves and who calls us to lives of service. Amen.